You're listening to the Mini Market Podcast presented by Tellum Sports. Welcome back to the Mini Market Podcast. Dalton in the house with Lucas and Connor, three-man weave this week. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Dalton. It's good to be back. Uh, excited for uh, podcast 29 here. I'm um, looking forward to diving into some Minnesota topics and maybe exploring some other areas of sport as well. It always makes my Sunday a little better talking to you gents, especially when it's a three-man weave. I miss Ike, but you know, three-man weave. Dead weight. <laughs> well, Lou, we've got some Vikings news. Finally. First time in a while. You want to take it away? Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd love to. There are reports that uh, D.D. Westbrook is signing a one-year deal with the Vikings coming over from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty excited about this one, actually. I know a big, a big thing we've talked about, Connor, I know you're a big proponent of this, was getting a number three wide receiver, a legitimate number three wide receiver on the team, not just Chad Beebe, B.C. Johnson, whoever else we have to stick out there. And I think Westbrook could could really fit, step in into that role nicely. He doesn't really have, you know, jump off the page stats at you. But I think part of that is, at least I'm hoping, part of that is due to him being in Jacksonville for three years of his career. Um, <clears throat> one thing that is a bit of a concern, he did come off an ACL tear last October, but it sounds like he's going to be completely ready to go for week one of training camp, which is nice. Uh, and, you know, ACL tears aren't, aren't kind of the the devastating injury that they used to be. So again, that that's kind of nice. Um, but yeah, I think he should be a really good addition to the offense. The last two seasons, he's had 100, 101 targets and 66 catches each, which is kind of interesting how he has the exact totals uh, two seasons in a row. Um, so just to give you some reference there, last season, Justin Jefferson had 125 targets and 88 receptions. So a little bit less production there, but again, he would be the the number three option. So um, should be nice. Um, not to mention, he's also a threat in the kicking and punt return game. So let's go. Yeah, the Vikes were brutal last year. Last in NFL in punt return yard average, yeah. second to last in total yards. And their longest punt return was 13 yards on the season. Yeah, it feels like we haven't really had... It's kind of just felt like we've had a hole back there in the return game since Cordero Patterson and Marcus Sherrills both left. So hopefully he can uh, he can step in. And it's not like, you know, he's he's not our number. He wouldn't be our number one option. So, you know, I'd hope we'd be able to throw him back there as, you know, the, the number three receiver. So I'm excited. This this seems like a good signing. I haven't seen any um, any money tied to the deal yet, but I can't imagine it was too much. So... I'm excited. Looking forward to, to seeing Didi out there. Yeah, I gotta think this will not be too expensive of a deal for the for the uh, for the Vikings. And let's be honest, like the Vikings are that team that we're always like, ah, it can't cost that much because there's just not that much wiggle room. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for the deal. I hope I hope it's you know a cheaper team friendly deal for this one year. And honestly, if he has a situation where he comes in has a great season and then get signed big next year somewhere else. That's totally okay with me. I think that would be awesome to just have him come in for one year, fill the third receiver role, do a great job. And if he's doing a great job at the number three receiver role, I got to think things are moving in the right direction for us. I like mm. the, the, the direction the offense is trending at least, you know, with 
three solid receivers potentially if D.D. Westbrook steps up and plays well and comes off the injury just fine. Um, one of the best running backs in the NFL, arguably a good quarterback. We've had that discussion quite a bit, in my opinion, a very good quarterback. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, Spicy. And I think the offensive line is going to be much improved this year. So I like where the offense is at. I think the big question mark, which is a little unusual for the Vikings teams that we grew up with, is the defense. Like, we still have some things we probably need to address on the backside there. And um, overall, I think this is a good sign for the team. I think it heads in the right direction. And um, just to clarify, looking on Wikipedia, he's already on the Vikings, according to Wikipedia. So that's good news. And his real name is Dekrick Deshaun. So that's D E C actually. Yeah, D E C R I C K Decrick. Am I saying that right, do you think? That's how I would probably say it, yeah. Or is it Decrick? I'm just glad it goes by DD. Do you think it's Decrick or Decrick? What do you think? Maybe Decrick? Sure. <laughs> DeCrick, Deshaun, Westbrook. <laughs> Double D. No, but also, uh, Keenan McCardell, the new Vikes wide receiver coach, was Jacksonville's wide receiver coach for four years. So, obviously, he thinks highly enough of Westbrook to bring him in. And I feel like an ACL tear back in the 80s and 90s like was so yeah. bad. You know, it was Pretty career, much career ending, ender. Yeah. Where that sort of hung on, where it's like, ooh, this ACL tear is terrible. Nowadays, it seems like it's a one-year thing, and you're almost back to normal. Honestly, yeah, it feels like ever since AP came back from his, like everyone's just been like, "Oh, this isn't as big of a deal." Like, obviously, it's a very bad injury, but like, it's not as big of a deal as as we used used to think. So. Especially because Westbrook's young; he was a fourth-round pick in 2017, so he's still a relatively young player. Yeah. Hashtag analytics pod. Got some stats for you on, on Westbrook. Beep, boop, 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 boop. His average separation per route. This is among wide receivers with 43 or more targets on the season. 2017, he averaged three yards of separation per route. That's 14th in the NFL. 2018, he was fifth in the NFL, averaged three and a half yards of separation. In 2019, he averaged 3.2 yards, which was 12th in the NFL. Top 15 in separation like per route. Like to hear that. That's pretty good. And that was, that was like you said, Lou, bad Jaguars offenses. 2018, they were like the 31st scoring offense in the NFL. They were like 20th, 26th in 2019. So he had guys like Blake Bortles throwing him the ball. So hopefully we can agree Kirk is better than Blake Bortles, whatever you think. Yes, we can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's got I mean, some burners, which I think yeah. is, will be nice to have. Certainly, certainly. Lou, you came up with a nice piece this week on the Vikes on the quarterback talk. Speaking of uh, of Kirk, talking about how Kirk has the potential to be the best QB in the division, which might be the first time the Vikings have the best QB in the division in our lifetime. But do you want to talk about that? Talk about the little bit of A Raj news. Yeah, yeah. So I was uh, just kind of thinking about you know the news came out last week. Aaron Rodgers reportedly turned down a contract extension that would have made him not only the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, but the highest paid player in the NFL. And right now that is Patrick Mahomes, who makes $45 million a year, I believe over 10 years. So that's quite a bit of money uh, to turn that down. And so he must be really, really, really unhappy in Green Bay 
and wants some sort of huge change uh, in order to go back. So it made me think, hey, who do they have to turn to after that? Jordan Love, guy who's second year, never taken a snap. Great. Like my odds there. Matthew Stafford probably would have been the next guy. You know, people just, he's a gritty guy. He, he kind of just battles, gets it done, puts up good stats every year. He's gone too. Jared Goff, we voiced our opinions about him. So, um, and then Andy Dalton coming into the Bears, like not too worried about him. You know, he had his time in Cincinnati and I've just never really been impressed with him. The big, the big guy I potentially worry about is Justin Fields because he is just, a young phenom that I think is going to be really good, unfortunately. Uh, but right now, Kirk, it's your time, man. Step up into the spotlight. Top dog in the NFC North. All assuming Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back. But Obviously, I'm in a very different financial position than Aaron Rodgers, but I, don't, I can't think of a job that I would turn down if they were going to make me the highest paid person in that career ever. field. Like, yeah, ever. <laughs> Literally nothing. If they're like, you have to punch old women, I might do it. Just kidding. I'm against punching old women, but punching old <laughs> men, I would do that. I'd punch old men. I'm not going to lie. You might have to take my morality card on this one, but for $45 million a year, I may punch an old woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, not hard. Just like, uh, you know, boom, I'm in charge. Now. Just a, no, just just a good solid punch. Yeah. Just a good solid. Like, punch. Ah, I'm in my mid twenties. Um, Something like that, you know, there's a chance that that, that could happen. No, just kidding. But I, I agree completely, Dalt, with your point. I think that's a that's something that's extremely relatable. I have to think nearly every fan is sitting at home doing the same thing, thinking like, what if I know, man, like, what are you doing? Why would you ever turn that down? And it should be noted, like, he does also have the option to make probably similar money in another place. So it's like, it's almost like he has a potential like other offer, you know, in theory. Right. But it's one of those things when as a fan of just the NFL, maybe, or specifically for Minnesota, you're like kind of excited about it, but you're also just kind of like, man, I don't, how did things get so bad there that he offers, they offer the most money of any position player in the NFL. And he says no to the place he's been his entire career. He's won a super bowl. I think it's fair to say they worship him there. Like they, I don't think they love Probably him as never much pays as they for love beer ever. That's right. In beer country too, some people would argue. But like, you know, I don't think they like him as much as Brett Favre because I think Brett Favre had that personality that was really likable, but it's really unusual. Um, for me too, it, it all makes me think, does this just boil right back down to them drafting Jordan Love? Is that what this is really all about is just they take a quarterback and he's insecure enough to say like, oh, I'm done. I'm done with this team. Because to me, that just seems so, so childish, so immature to be like, like, you know, you're better than him. This is your team as long as you want to be there. And they made that clear by offering him that. So to me, it's just a little unusual. I, I think it maybe speaks to potentially his character a little bit on he's insecure <laughs> about some of that stuff. And like, he's just frustrated that they, are trying to go get another quarterback already? I don't know. Lou, you were the psych major in undergrad. You want to psychoanalyze him, Sigmund? Ah, geez, put me on the spot. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we've all kind of known Rodgers has been 
like a little bit fragile almost. He's always kind of all about him and it's his team. And he always had these spats with Mike McCarthy when he was there. And now he has these spats with, I don't know, who's this, who's the new young guy they have? I don't even know. LaFleur. LaFleur, thank you. Um, And yeah, it's like, instead of helping him and helping Jordan Love, you know, Rodgers was a, a just right off the bat, like, you know, why the F did, why the F did we get this guy? Why didn't we get something for me, not for the team? Why didn't we get me a weapon? Why didn't we get the offense something? But instead, we get my replacement. That probably didn't sit too well with him. But again, like you're saying, I mean, it, it, it wasn't like a, hey, hot seat, Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You're going to get replaced by this rookie out of college. So I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. I'm not, not saying I'm unhappy that he's he's going through this. Couldn't happen to a better guy. <laughs> I'm just thinking, Connor, something you said though too, like imagine being the fan base. Like imagine if we had say Aaron Rodgers was on the Vikings for all these years, or we have Patrick Mahomes, so just hypothetically, and then they're just all of a sudden there's just this tension and this chaos, and they're all just sudden like you can't pay me any amount of money to come back to this team. I mean, I know it's far from anything we've ever experienced, but just the thought of it is kind of baffling as a fan. Like, God, we've been so great with Aaron Rodgers, this great quarterback all these years. And now he's just done. Like, what do you do? You hold on to your multiple Super Bowl trophies and yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, exactly. I think, I think when you win a Super Bowl somewhere, you can kind of do whatever you want. Because I thought where you might be heading to is like, does this tarnish his legacy in Green Bay at all? And I gotta think the answer is probably no. I don't. I don't. I think at the end of the day, you they'll still look back and be like, all these great times they had with with the Packers with. Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Like, again, I'm sure he'll get compared to Brett Favre and whether they like Brett more than Aaron, that's probably its own discussion. But I'm still thinking if this is the end of the road for Green Bay and Brett and uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think that fans will look back and have, you know, just pure joy from his time here. Even though they didn't get it done, I think a lot of the times the Green Bay faithful and the NFL, they'll look it back and say, this was not like an Aaron Rodgers problem. This was the Packers problem on surrounding him with weapons, having a good defense, that sort of thing. Because um, there's no question he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL over the last like 10 years. So I I would, it, it'd be a great problem to have in Minnesota if we were, you know, struggling through this after the Super Bowls that have, have come from their quarterback success the last like 30 years. Yep. So Kirk, long story short, it's your league, buddy, your division. If you want to read more about it, check it out at tellemsports.com. And we transition to the Minnesota Wild. Connor, busy week for the Wild. A couple of drafts, expansion draft, NHL draft, draft beer. Tell us all about it. Well, fellas, as we expected, um, Isaiah really kind of clued us in and cued this one up. Uh, Carson Soucy, the big man on the backside, um, is gone. He, he was taken in the expansion draft. Um, we said it. We kind of talked about that last week. Good player. He's uh, he, he'll be a quality defenseman, I'm sure, in the NFL for years to come. 
Uh, it's a bummer, but ultimately it, it was probably the right play for the wild to protect who they did. They kept the largest assets in the moment. So overall, I think the expansion draft went fine. Um, one little nugget. I did see that the, the Kraken had a funny tweet this week. So they, they took somebody in the expansion draft and then proceeded to trade them for a fourth round pick like the next day. And then they tweeted out this graphic of him in a, like a photoshopped Kraken jersey and just said, you know, hey, Mark, thanks for all the great memories. And I was just like, oh, that's so funny. Like, just that's twisting just, the knife a little bit. Yeah, just <laughs> leaning into that. First, we pull you from your old team that didn't want you enough to protect you. And now, before even landing in Seattle, they're already dealing you away for what? A fourth round pick? Not exactly a high value pick in the NHL in a league that's similar to um, baseball, where you kind of the, the draft picks take a while to develop a lot of times. So. That was kind of a funny tweet from the Kraken. Uh, I hope there's a lot more to come with their social media account. Uh, that would be awesome. Love love a good Twitter account for a sports team. So expansion draft, I would say overall went as expected, went well. We got to keep um, Capo, Kakinen, our, our, our potentially backup, or maybe even starting goaltending, depending how the offseason goes and everything. With We'll have Talbot and Kakinen, but... Um, if they start off like they did last year, we're going to have a two-headed monster between the pipe, which will be awesome. And uh, yeah, so the expansion draft was was the expansion draft. Um, moving into the NHL draft, the Wild selected seven players. Uh, they had two first-round picks where they took um, a goalie from Sweden. And, um, and that, I think, was maybe a little bit surprising. Um, there was a couple other players that were available there that, you know, I just... I keep thinking the wild should draft, you know, if they have seven picks, they maybe should take like five centers in those picks just because we've had the worst time trying to develop that center position. But ultimately we go with a Swedish goalie who has really good numbers. Um, I think he'll be, you know, there's potential there for him to be a really strong contributor into the future for the wild. I read that, so. um, I read that he was a projected top 10 pick and some teams had him really high, like top five, top six. So I feel like it was probably one of those situations mm-hmm. where a guy falls and you're like, the, the wild are looking available. at it saying any pass. of these prospects yeah. we're going to get are years away. So why not go with the high upside guy? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point. He was projected high. And I know that in the, for whatever reason, the last few years, teams have been skittish to say the least to draft goaltenders. So, um, so regardless, it, it seems like it'll be a good pick long-term for the wild. Um, so that will be Jess, Jesper, Wallstead. He was drafted 20th overall by the Wild this year from Sweden. Um, the other first round pick was Carson Lambos, um, defenseman. Uh, seems like he'll be a good player too. I didn't see exactly where he was projected, but he's from Winnipeg. So, you know, not too far from Minnesota. So hopefully he'll develop. He's played on some pretty good teams. Um, he's played on some of the world 17 and under teams for the Canada. So he'll be a solid, solid, solid player. And kind of funny, we lose one Carson this week add another Carson. So that way we kind of have that douchey name uh, withheld within the, within the franchise. I'm sorry for all the Carsons out there. And then um, kind of the last little nugget about the NHL draft, kind of a fun piece here in the second round, the wild selected defenseman, Jared, per- or excuse me, Jack Pert. Um, apologies on mispronouncing the name. He was selected 54th overall, and he is a Grand Rapids native from Minnesota. Uh, was the 2021 
Mr. Hockey Award winner, recorded 35 points this last season in, uh, for Grand Rapids High School. So that's kind of fun to have a local, a local person taken early in the draft. Um, I think this is the 15th all-time Minnesota native to be selected by the Minnesota Wild. So it's good to see us try to at least keep these guys, keep these guys at home. And, and kind of the verdict on him is similar to Carson. Good two-way player. Um, Carson's a little bit bigger. Uh, the first round pick and a little bit maybe more rugged, kind of a harder defender. And um, whereas Jack is a little bit more mobile, good skater, good puck handler, a little maybe more offensive, but at the same time, both still good two-way players. So, I mean, we'll just kind of put those names in the back of our mind and, and hang on for a couple of years as those guys will develop and hopefully uh, be contributors to the squad someday soon. Love the hometown heroes. Way to go, Jack. So now let's talk about our Twinkies. More transaction talk. The big transaction. <sighs> Nelson Cruz out the door. Isaiah is out this week because he's still yeah. mourning the trade and the loss of Nelson Cruz. Just couldn't come to grips with it. In my opinion, an incredible job by the Twins front office in these negotiations because they got a pretty good prospect called back. They got two AAA pitchers from the Rays, Joe Ryan and Drew Strotman, who immediately become the Twins' 6th and 13th best prospects. Well and bad. Joe Ryan is the, the number 6 prospect. Uh, he's the sort of the centerpiece of the deal. He led minor leagues in strikeout rate in 2019. Cade, he k 13.3 hitters per nine innings in 2019. And this year he's striking out 11.8 per nine innings. He has an extremely low walk rate too. His best attribute okay. is his control. So he doesn't really have overpowering stuff, but he has elite control. So he can sort of put it where he wants it and strike guys out. If he's not overpowering, but he's got good control, he's already fit in the twins way. <laughs> I think it's quote you know not overpowering in today's MLB. I think he, his set fastball sure. sits like ninety two to ninety five, typically. You mean his changeup or what's going on here? So we're not Jeez. talking Kevin Slowey or Scott Diamond. That'll compete with the that'll compete with the Yankees when we need it to get it done. Yeah. Jesus. Welcome, please welcome Scott Baker back to the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding, Joe. I'm sure you're gonna be great. But to me, you're giving up two and a half months of Nelson Cruz for six years of control of two guys who could potentially be end of the rotation for Ryan, maybe a three starter max, a number three starter for up to six years. So I think that's a reasonable trade. Um, they've both made double digit starts in AAA this year. They both have ERAs in the mid threes. So they're having decent success at AAA. We could probably see them in September, September call-ups. If not, uh, they'll be competing for a spot next spring training. For me, I think that's a really good haul because you look at Cruz, we've talked about it in the past, so we don't have to go too deep into it, but he's a DH and a lot of AL teams that are good already have DHs. So it was a pretty limited market. The Twins didn't have a ton of leverage, but they were able to get a couple of prospects who could help next season because I wrote this in a blog post recently, but just go through the mental exercise right now. Try to fill out your 2022 Twins rotation. Try to come up with five starting pitchers for next season. It's not easy. Randy Dobnak can only fit in one of those spots. I mean, he just can't do more than one. 
Yeah, well, I haven't looked at the uh, kind of the off-season free agent listing, but if I could just filter that report quick and filter for anyone over 35 that was good 10 years ago, I'm sure two of those guys will be part of the starting rotation next year. So that's Probably. exciting. Um, <laughs> already pumped about that. We'll see. Maybe Bartolo Colon still got a little... Uh, Little, I think he's uh, still playing left on the tire, so maybe he'll he'll be coming back. That just seems like what the Twins try to do lately. So hopefully, hopefully that starting rotation gets bolstered in a bigger way this offseason than it has in the past because the 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 shoemakers of the world just don't seem to be cutting it year in and year out. But to your point, Dalton, yeah, it is interesting. There's going to be some serious shakeups. It seems like with the with the starting pitchers and. I think they. This was a great trade. I think, at the end of the day, if Nelson Cruz would wants to be in Minnesota, if he likes the organization, he could honestly re-sign this offseason with the Twins, and come on back home after maybe going on a little run with the with the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, how great would that be? We just get this nice haul, and then be so bring great. him right oh. back in. That'd be great. I mean, yeah, because he had this kind of little heartfelt message. You know, he's like, you know, I have some friends here. My family lives here. Like, we love it here. Some of these guys that I've gotten to know are pretty much like my family now. And, you know, everyone would look pretty sad when he was leaving. But um, <clears throat> I, you know, keep that door open. He could come back. That would be pretty sweet because the Rays aren't going to pay him. We know they're not going to pay a bunch for him, right? Come on home, Nelly. But uh, other side of that... He didn't look too upset. You know, I mean, he hit a bomb right away when he went <laughs> his first game with the Rays. So he's feeling right at home there too. Bummer. Yeah, I think I think he's just one of those guys who he wants to win a championship. Like that's kind of one of the last things he's done. He ha- or he has not done in his career. So good for him. Well, good for the twins all around. He'd have caught like that ball when he was with Texas. He would have had one, but you know. Where's the knife? <laughs> not bitter. <laughs> But other Twins news from the week, Alex Kirilov's done for the year. Lou and I talked about this on a podcast a while ago. I think it was shortly after the two-man two weave. weave. He injured his wrist in mid-May, missed some time, knew he was going to need surgery, but said, I can play through this. That was still at the point in the season where we were like, ah, the Twins will be okay. They'll straighten it out. Obviously, they did not straighten it out. So he's opting to get that wrist surgery, had a successful surgery, and now has eight-plus weeks of rehab. So he's done for the year, but... That means he's going to be ready to go next season. Yay. <laughs> yeah, Lou's pumped. Great. He's I, fired up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lou, hey, calm down over there. Sit down. Um, no, I think this is great. I think um, obviously it's not ideal for him to get injured, but it's good to just, hey, let's knock this out. Let's let's get it figured out this offseason, get him ready for next year. Um the one piece that we just keep coming back to is, you know, we pretty much as fans have already scrapped this season. So it's like, are we blowing it up or are we keeping it the same? We'll find out obviously here in the next couple of weeks um, with the trade deadline approaching. But I away. think that's what all of us is. Oh, is it five days from today? July 30th. So week singular. That's right. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see where that, where that happens. Well, or I should say what happens with that. Um, I think this is the best move for the team for sure. There's no reason for him to keep playing injured. Um, and yeah. Let's keep rolling on with the Twins news. Byron Buxton, there was big news early this week that the Twins offered him a contract extension. It was seven years, $73 million guaranteed. And then there were a bunch of incentives on top of that. Like if he can stay healthy, it would have been a much larger yeah. contract than $73 million. Yeah. 
But reportedly, he countered. He and his representative said, we want seven years, $80 million. So $7 million more than the 73. And then they couldn't reach an agreement. Talks are dead. He's not getting extended. And to me, if the Twins are serious about Byron Buxton, and you couldn't come to some kind of agreement when he only wanted an extra $1 million per year for seven seasons. Oh, one classification. So according to the athletic article, it says that Buxton's side responded and then the twins respond or they countered which they don't say the amount they countered. And then it says twins responded by increasing it to 80. Okay. 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 So I was reading a non athletic report. So it was probably wrong. Okay. Still a chance. Because, because I don't I think at least the athletic report doesn't say what he wanted, but it sounds like they the twins increased it to he probably wanted ninety. Yeah, one one mil extra oh, okay. a year. But still that sounds like something the I, twins I, would do. That's a Yeah. It's like, oh well, one extra mil, but I don't know. It if you're the twins, right? Like you gotta do it. You can't you have to make this you have to make it happen in my brain. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I disagree. He, he the dude it. cannot. He can't even stay on the on the field for eighty games a season. Like what? Where are we? You, this is just a waste of money. Go invest it somewhere else. He's gonna get hurt. It's proven time and time again. He's gonna get hurt. I don't care how good he is when he's on the field. He's never on the field. <laughs> Sorry, that's just my take. No, I appreciate the passion. Um, I just think that there's a there's a certain line where you just say. And maybe this is just approaching it too much like I think a GM would, but you can't let a guy walk that has MVP potential, in my opinion. Like he's a guy who he could potentially be an MVP someday if he stays healthy. And I think as a GM, you they're very cautious of that. Like they don't want another David Ortiz situation happening. And this is different, I think, but um, but he's clearly an impact player. He's clearly an exciting player. Some say the most exciting others claim he's up there there's, <laughs> there's multiple reports on that um but i think it's it is pretty crazy that the it's pretty crazy i don't know what he wants is essentially what i'm saying like is he asking for 100 million they they say 73 he says 100 and they're like all right we can do 80 is that the play like i don't that's know that's probably exactly hey let's lowball him here or did Buxton ask for 120 and they're like, we can do 80. And he's just like, yeah, exactly. I don't want to be here. Like, bye. Here I come, Braves. I'm going yeah, home. I mean, I don't know. It's a lot harder to assign blame to one side it's, or another when we don't know what Buxton's counter was. When it was 80, yeah. I was like, the twins are ridiculous if they couldn't bridge a $7 million gap. Yeah. But yeah, we don't know what it was going to say. But go ahead, Lou. Sorry, I, I cut you off. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing if like, you know, he's asking for this money that he's, you know, hasn't really shown his true value. And we're just waiting for him to see if he's going to pan out. Um, and then like earlier this year when I deemed him overrated and then he went on probably the best tear I've ever seen a twins player have. Um, I mean, it, it speaks something. I know if, if he can keep that up, I don't know. If he can keep it up for a full season, stay healthy, it would be great to re-sign him. But again, I said he was going to get hurt again, and he's been hurt multiple times this season. So, you you know what I think is funny about this? I I am picturing Buxton getting that like 
counter offer or the they countered and then getting the rebuttal of the 80 and being like just looking at it and thinking you know there's i bet there was 30 million tied up in incentives to stay healthy like if you play 100 games in a season you get an extra like 3 million that's what i'm picturing this contract was like and buckson was just like that's a lot 100 is a lot and he's like he's like gra- like different parts of his body just start to ache when he's reading through the contract and he's like <laughs> Oh, the shins next. I can feel it coming. The calf, yeah, just feels maybe, maybe an Achilles injury yeah. in the near future. Like he just knows he can't play that many games. And I, and in his own head, it's rationalized probably by being like, when you're this explosive, injuries are going to happen. Yeah. Okay? When you're going, Where there's fireworks, there's that fire. The human baby. body physically cannot take going so fast. I mean, what do you expect to happen? Exactly. So the fact that they like tied up incentives in like, you know, obviously producing, but also being on the field is just like kind of funny. And I wonder if that was like insulting for him at all, because and, and very valid for the twins to do that. Right. Like a guy like this, you don't want to give him, you know, 150 million guaranteed. And he plays like over the next seven seasons or 10 seasons, he ends up playing 100 games a season or less. And you're like, well, this was terrible. And then the twins are just kicking then, themselves for years and they just go well we gotta lock the pocketbook right back up no more big free agents <laughs> yep. coming in here i saw a funny tweet that said report byron buxton dislocates jaw saying no to twins contract offer <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good oh that is funny i mean People got to start asking, is Byron Buxton a Bo Jackson type? Like where he's just too strong for his own good? Like his his legacy will always be like, what if? Where like Bo Jackson, obviously he's put himself in the upper echelon of athletics by being an all-pro and an all-star in, two, in the obviously different sports. But like he has like similar vibes where he, he Bo Jackson was this guy who they knew could be an impact player but he just couldn't stay healthy and then had the one big injury. Like, is that going to be Buxton's fate too? Cause that's the way it feels like it's trending. Like when is he going to have the big injury that it's like all of a sudden he's done. And if, if the twins have him under long-term control, when that happens, I mean, it's going to be devastating to the fan base. And regardless, it's always sad when somebody has an injury. So we'll all feel sad for him if it does happen because it's inevitable that he'll have another one, just how severe will it be? Right, and essentially, like, going through this, signing him long-term is essentially making him the face of the team, right? Yeah, but I think there's only one, like, that, if if we don't sign him, like, who is the face of this team? Jose right. Barros? He gone. He gone. <laughs> Miguel Sano? <laughs> Miguel? Probably. <laughs> You just have to choose the prettiest uh, yeah, like, face, lit- and that would be Max Kepler. Oh, oh good. Raggedy ass arm. <laughs> old, old 198. I will just go back. Tony O is going to be the face again for all of time. If, <laughs> if we plugged in Joe Maurer today to the lineup, where does he hit? Hasn't played in a few years. He'll demand to hit third probably. No, again. I'm saying where should he hit? Let me look at the team average real probably quick. Probably like six. <laughs> it's probably higher than it should be. Has anybody 
giving it some thought. I'm not saying I want him back at a big deal. I'm just saying, what is he doing the rest of the summer? Does he have any trips planned? Well, he had that. They had that softball thing going on at Target Field. I saw. So he's busy for that. Swing's good. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Uh, I saw. He was at the 3M Open. He's been hitting on his quick swing oh, in his good. basement. Remember those things? Yeah. PVC pipes. Yeah, yeah. The quick quick swing was the biggest con of all time. I feel like most kids our age growing up probably had one or I at did. least used one at some point. I had one too. And those were such a joke because you totally heard the thing rattling all the way down. Like you could hear it getting close. So you start the load. It's like you could have that thing straight down and you would hear most of it come down. So you're just ready to hit. That was the biggest con. I bet that thing cost t- six, no, 350 to make. And they sold it for like 50 bucks. I feel like. I could be wrong. We, didn't, we might need to check those numbers, but it's probably not worth it. Beep, boop, the Joe Mauer quick boop, swing. What a joke. What a joke. Joe. Quick swing. Quick swing PX4. Price $89.95 listed. What this a con. I bet. Yeah, I bet it couldn't cost more than 10 bucks to make that thing. My guess is $350. It's literally just you could easily make your own, X, and yeah. maybe you should have, but. Put it all to international and we'll make it somewhere else, ship it in. So I said you heard it here first, Joe Maurer, fraud. Okay, well, he's a business fraud, I'll say. He's not a <laughs> He's a steroid I user. That. <laughs> yeah. Not with those bilateral weak legs. <laughs> I wish Ike was on. He uh, went through a little bout of bilateral leg weakness in high school <laughs> yeah. self self-diagnosed self-diagnosed the one thing they're sure of it was leg weakness they're just not what sure what which kind um for isaiah not you joe what do you think do you think joe mauer would have been better served going to the nfl or going to florida it, state NBA, i guess you know yeah maybe he would have made it in the nba I could have seen him at the Malice at the Palace. Oh, excuse me. Oh, pardon me. Oh, oh. Guys, excuse, guys, guys, can't we figure something out here, fellas? But what do you think if he would have gone to Florida State? Do you think he would have been a solid NFL quarterback someday? Or do you think he was would have ended up going to baseball anyways? Not that like we watched him play a ton or anything. Just pure hunch. I I think he made the right call. I think he was I think baseball was his game and it kind of always Kind of always was and, and always would be. So I think he made the right call. I mean, when he was on, when he was at his best, he was just so good. National champion. I think he would have won two Heisman oh, trophies. Oh. He would have been like a Matt Leinart lefty. Lefty Matt Leinart. Ooh. Righty? Mauer threw. Oh, Mauer did throw righty. He hit lefty. It's a catcher. Mm. Come on, Dalton. Well, that's actually good because easier Dalton to build an offense sport, around a right-handed so. quarterback. But I think he would have won two Heisman trophies. I think he would have probably won a national title. I think Bobby Bowden would have carried Joe Maurer off the field after his last game his senior year. He'd <laughs> have to slim down for that. Bobby's weak. I think he would have gone second overall in the NFL draft. Two? Yep. You guessed it, the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> and now, by now, they would be already getting dimensions for the statue that would be going outside of the turd bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Cleveland Browns would probably have 
two or three Super Bowls if Joe Maurer had gone to Florida State. Well, let's hear him out. Wow. And instead, the Twins have no World Series appearances even. We have a nice um, 2009 MVP trophy. Which is nice. You can take that to the bank. It's no, no two Heisman trophies, but I mean, he's got a silver slugger too, doesn't he? I think he has five silver sluggers or six. He's got plenty of those, yeah. yeah. Got a couple gold gloves. Mm-hmm. He's doing all right. At what point do, do you think? No, nah, never mind. Do you think Joe Maurer ever showboated in football? Like going down the sidelines, doing the Dion, like hand behind the head, high stepping? Not a chance. Just not a double chance. check before it was a thing. He would hand the ball to the, the referee, go, here you go, sir. Thank you very much. I think instead of having the the Joe Maurer discussions we would be having now, like, you know, these hypotheticals, I think national media would be saying Tom Brady or Joe Maurer, who is the better quarterback all time. Well, let's hear him out. And you know what else? The Twins would have rode Mark Pryor to three World Series, who was picked number two that year, I believe, if I'm correct. So... And then the one that got away, KG probably never would have left because he, he would have seen the potential in the Minnesota sports market. He would have stayed. Mm-hmm. We would have had another couple of years mm-hmm. of Wolves greatness. Then win the lottery. I think we could have got LeBron. I think that somehow Joe comes back home. LeBron wants James. to play for the Vikes. The Vikes get a Super Bowl. <gasps> it's getting excited. Hey, Lou, let's be realistic. Okay. Bring yeah, it in. Sorry. Bring it in, buddy. Something that's just that's too far. Got too it. far. There's a line you crossed it. Um, yeah. Wow. This spiral. I just think you look at Tom Brady. You look at Joe Maurer. I think Joe Maurer would have been a better quarterback. Well, let's hear him out. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, just high school prospects wise. Yeah. Tell me two things that Tom Brady has that Joe Maurer doesn't in terms of physical or mental abilities. Giselle. That doesn't count. Doesn't count. In terms of athleticism, you can't think it too. I'm just saying, I think I think Joe Maurer really missed a chance there to, to be something special. <laughs> Look, you guys are silenced. That's how that's how watertight hey. this argument is. Watertight, baby. Well, not to not to nip this one in the bud too early, but um one item that Lou and I are very curious about is we'd love to check in on, um, do a little weekly update of Dalt's rec league experiences. So, um, Dalt, if you wouldn't mind, we would love to uh, to hear a little bit about uh, about what's going on in your rec league. Yeah, from one generational athlete to another. Oh, yeah. Had a couple good experiences this week, so no basketball, but we started a rec soccer league. Wait, okay, wait, Let's what? Let's go. Little hand. What? Question: Have you have you ever played soccer before? Or oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I played seventh through ninth grade. I was an enforcer Ooh. out there getting yellow cards, <laughs> mostly because I didn't know how to play. Like, I would try to block people's throw-ins and like jump up to like block them with my head, like swat it like no, a with basketball. My head. But then I I got oh. yellow carded on that. I didn't really know the rules, and Princeton soccer coaching wasn't just a menace out there. But anyway, I played goalie this time around, my soccer team. Keeper. Get those hands Get involved. Get those hands involved, those sweaty mitts. We lost 5-0. I'm not going to say it was my fault. <laughs> Easy to blame it on everyone, right? <laughs> Did any go 5-0 no, on you? No, I, I made double-digit okay, saves. 
Whoa. <laughs> Jeez, where's the defense? <laughs> what point is enough enough? <laughs> That's assault. <laughs> <laughs> is it just you out there? <laughs> a lot of the possession was on our side of the field. Let's just put it that way. It hurt because on the fifth goal, the kid celebrated like he just won the Euro Cup. I mean, he was he was doing like airplane arms run to midfield, and I was just <laughs> so sad. It just hurt me. <laughs> but Dalt just slinging slinging curse words under his breath at this kid. <laughs> just yell running after. It never amount to nothing. You're a joke. You're a joke. But then this morning had a big softball game going on and maybe my greatest softball game of all time. Four for four, two bombs and a triple. Whoa. Hello. And a triple right center alley, breaking out the wheels. And I'm not kidding. I hit my last bomb and someone said, is that Shohei Otani? Oh, someone on the other team. Is he walking with Shohei walking by or something? Yeah. I heard it, and I pointed at their dugout. I winked at this lady that was watching. It was awesome. You said, nope, but I love Asian sides. That's a throwback to my college <laughs> college diet. <laughs> yeah, eating those, those great Asian sides. High in sodium, but even higher in flavor. Bingo. No free ads. Come on. So were you pitching? What position did you play? I was left field. I was out field. there. I was out there making plays. So not quite Shohei. No, but it's slow pitch, so you, there's no way to re- be a real ace in slow pitch softball. True. Wow. It was really a great day. Anytime you get compared to Shohei Otani, it's a great day. <laughs> and did the team win? Oh, yeah. 13-4. Big win. Oh. Second win of the year. All right. All right, at least we're Shout getting out. some wins. Basketball, Suns, Suns have had a couple tough games. Soccer. Soccer's going to be a long season. Right. But I, th- I think we've got a chance. We've got a lot of plucky athletes out there. We're going to be fighting all season long. Would you say goalkeeping is probably your, your best position on the soccer field? Or, or do you think you can really shine somewhere else? I have a follow-up for that after you answer. I was wearing wide receiver gloves in goal to get a little bit of tact Classic. on there because I, I knew these yeah. sweaty mitts could not handle a normal not a soccer chance. ball. Anything would be slipping yeah. right through. So I was wearing wide receiver gloves like the athlete I am, multi-sport athlete. I think with these hands, this incredible arm span, I have quick feet. I can dive back and forth. We're playing on smaller goals that are like two-thirds regulation size. So I can I can reach... And you still let five in? Huh. Well, basically a hockey net you're playing in and five. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm just saying those would have been tough saves for anyone to make. I mean, you, you name the EPL goalkeeper, I'll, I'll tell you whether or not he could save them. And I think in most cases it would be no. Timmy Howard. But also the field is like two-thirds regulation size. No, it's like half regulation size. So when I get the ball, I can throw it all the way to the other end, which is kind of fun. Ooh, see, that's a that's an uh, advantage. Can that's you advantage throw it all legally if you could? That's a good question. <laughs> I, I would love for I, you to just lock I don't believe that. Upper 90. Put a little English on it and just curve it into that Throw corner. a fastball, yeah. Bend it like Beckham. But it's basically just like a slider from... With a soccer ball from about, I don't know, 50 yards away. My question is, if you had to blame the loss on one individual on your team, who would it be? 
<laughs> Call them out. Name them. This is hard because it's a co-ed team and I'm ah, roommates with another one of the players, so, so I don't want to call anyone back. out that... Oh! <laughs> so you're saying it probably a woman caused some turmoil in the game. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. You're not going to get me on record saying that. I think... Just the one roommate that you have? That's who it, that's who it might be? Should we narrow it down? Hmm... No, Clarice, is, Clarice, I got to see a new side of uh, my roommate. She was out there stomping on people's feet, getting a little chippy, pushing them in the back. I was clapping from the net. Girls are soccer players. Girls soccer players are dirty. Pulling hair. It was They're, scary. I'm listening. Yeah, they play dirty. I'm listening. <laughs> no, I think it was a collective loss. I, I think uh, I'm not going to, you know, week one, I'm not going to call anyone out. I think as the season goes on, if some people don't start picking up their effort, I'm going to start calling them out. You come on the pod and just air, air out all the dirty laundry within the, the t- of grievances. Yep. Get it out. This is a safe space. Don't. How many players are on the pitch at one time for seven, for this? including the goalie? Okay. So it's like six on six with goalies. Huh? How many forwards do you have? What What's the, what's the layout? Paint us a word picture here. Yeah. At first we were trying like a two, one three type of thing uh okay and then they were just in our field in our side of the field the entire game because our two forwards were being lazy they were being lazy out there so then we our team captain said five he said we're bringing everyone back we did a one two three but the two were basically back on defense so we pretty much had a line of five people in there which helped we we were uh more effective defensively but then anytime we would get the ball we would try to like kick it down they would just the other team would steal it and bring it right back because we have no one on offense it was probably 90 percent possession in our side of the field it was tough it was it was hard and i was stressed you know i'm a stress sweater i was sweaty and i i was one of the sweatier people on the field and i wasn't even moving i'm gonna just go ahead and say you were the sweatiest player on the field that's a judgment call it's hard to say <laughs> but if anyone knows any good YouTube videos or podcasts that teach you how to play soccer, musicals, anything, I, I'm all ears because I think I might become a soccer guy. I think I've got a lot of potential. I think you got the frame for it. I want to get one of those soft helmets that goalkeepers sometimes wear. I think pairing helmets. that with my wide receiver gloves would send a good message. Don't forget, put some maybe throw some rec specs in there too. Also, do do you think goalies typically wear a nut cup? Because I wasn't wearing one because I was not anticipating it. No. And when I was charging out, like I took a couple hot shots off like the knee thigh because they're most of the goals were like point blank range. They were right on me, and I was just worried. I was kind of like crossing my legs, sticking my hands out because I'm like, if I take a point blank boot to the the soccer nuts, I'm going, I'm dead. Sounds like a good Ask Jeeves question for you. Also, why Throwback. did I call them soccer nuts? I was just going to say. I was curious as well. Um, <laughs> you've heard of walnuts, um, <laughs> but never soccer nuts. <sighs> but I got, yeah, I got a lot I, of good feedback. People said it's not like 
the save percentage is not like a hockey goalie. So you're all right if you're giving up goals. So it's a different type yeah. of sport. You just need a little little backup from the team. Start yelling at people. Yeah, maybe chip in once in a while, Rumi. Um, I think one thing to to note about nut cups, I think you gotta go with it because when I'm picturing like a in the World Cup or something, when they go breakaway, it seems like the goalies kind of come out and then they slide a little bit open legged. Um, yeah, they just and they I just, just think, throw themselves out there. I think being that vulnerable is, and your arms are at your side, obviously, because you're trying to protect the sides of the net. I think, I think a cup is just crucial. Better yeah. safe than sorry. Yeah, honestly, do you think? Here's the question: Do you think that like forwards in soccer are wearing cups because you got to think you would see that right i don't think so i think it's generally a cupless sport yeah yeah no i mean i think you would see the cup as they're running around like you'd be like all right easy guy (laughs) yeah i just don't think you like i feel like that's a really rare thing to get hit there in soccer and it's not a comfortable thing for sure here's a question how many penalty kicks you guys think you could score against me on these Non-regulation goals. How many do Ten. we get? Like out of five? Ten? Ten? Hmm. Against you. Do I get any warm-ups? Any, anything? You get, you get five warm-up just... kicks. I I'm think... so bad at soccer. Sorry, I need ahead, to see the net for sure to know. But I would guess at least, at least six, probably close to eight. Close to eight? That would be my guess. Do you oh, think you're seven. hitting the net on all ten? Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Big boot on yeah. the colonel. Yeah. I mean, I've never been more confident in anything in my entire life. I, I will say, to be modest, because I don't know the size of the net, I'm, I have one in mind. I will say six. I think it's like two-thirds the size of a normal soccer goal. That's pretty big. I'm going to go, I'm going to say five. Here's the thing about me. I'm really bad at soccer and kicking, so I still like my odds. I'm taking the under on both of you. Here's the the thing about me. We could set this one up then. In any of these situations, I'm always going to highball because I'm confident that I'll get it done. I'll find a way. I think in every scenario that we've had on this podcast where it's like, you know, the the baseball one, you know, I'm always gonna just highball a little bit because I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll figure it out. Except figure the it out along one. the way. If I bury the first one, there's a good chance I go ten. Not for a 10. chance. But <laughs> you miss the first one. You the miss first the first one. one. Then I'm in your head. You're like, this kid's so sweaty. Look at like. No, this is the thing. All if you if I miss the first one, like if I miss the net, we're gonna have an issue. If you save it, I'm gonna be like, got him. I know what to do now. And I can't oh. say in case we do this. But if you save the first one, I'll be like, I figured it out. I cracked the code. You're going home? Is that what you're doing? Got it. Faking an no, injury? Yeah. I'm getting nine instead of 10 is what is happening there. No chance. The real question would be Isaiah, how many he could get. Because he actually did uh, dabble a little in soccer. Golden boot winner, actually, in high school. People forget that. That's a long time ago. I was a goalie this Thursday. <laughs> Go ahead. Mm. <sighs> well, Dalt, appreciate the touch base on, on the, the rec leagues. Glad you're getting out there and being active. Um, 
and it's, it's fun to hear how things are going. Would love to see if there's another encounter with that. Uh, you're a joke official in basketball here in the next few weeks. Not going to rule it out. What would be some of the worst sports to have a rec league for? Synchronized swimming. Good one. You know what I wish they had a rec league? and You know what I wish was a little bit more common? And this is actually very topical because the Olympics are going on right now. And I would compare the Olympics right to rec leagues all across the world. That's bold. Um, <clears throat> handball. Team handball. That is one of the most fun Olympic sports I would oh. watch. Just an electric factory. Just okay. ripping that ball around. It's basically like, you know, it's like soccer with your hands if you haven't seen it but then also like there's rules where you have to shoot from distances out and it is just quite a treat love team handball i would love to see a rec league for that that would be a ton of fun i think that would be fun i agree here's okay here's how we know that pitchers aren't the best athletes on the field because if they were you could put nine minor league pitchers together to form the greatest handball team on earth but the usa hasn't qualified for the handball olympics since 2004 and that was when they got the automatic bids here's the thing here's the thing we don't it's not all about it's not all about the velocity in handball you see some of them it's the fake outs you got to have the moves with the three steps and the dribble and then you know some of the the little finesse spin bounces you got to get it under the defender over the goalie it's it's a it's an art form dalton I, I think that was just miscalculated anger there. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with pitchers, but I do think it is a crime that the U.S. doesn't have like a dominant handball team. Like how just, just yeah, guys I, who I, even I didn't like make basketball it. Basketball guys. Like how do we not just like get a bunch of D1 basketball players? Imagine LeBron James out there in the Olympics right now. Like how good would he be? Like they'd be so lanky. The dribbling part, like they would literally... Do you give them a Euro if we get enough basketball players in there? Um, that's probably the question they'd have to address with the committee. But but I think you could probably make some really good handball teams with like ex-MLB guys and NBA guys because of just the way that the, the game seems to flow where you have these like dribbling, three moves, that sort of thing. And then the passing, man. I just, it's shocking that the U.S. isn't like really good at handball. Some sports I can get on board with, like table tennis, that's just not our thing. You guys can have that. Countries are really good at that. They've earned it. They've put in the time, decades, centuries of time. It's not our thing. Team handball seems like a sport that the U.S. would just, you wouldn't know a single person on the team until it came around, just like water polo. Was watching women's water polo yesterday. Riveting stuff. 3-3 3-3 tie in there's quarters in we're going way off the chain. 3-3 tie there's quarters in women's water polo. Guess the final score. If you know it, forget it. Just tell me. But guess if you have a guess. 8-7. I was going to say 10-9. 25-5 the U.S. Storming. Storming back insanity like it was so funny and i'll tell you what have you seen the video where it's like a hippopotamus so like there's an alligator stalking a deer and the deer's on a little island and the deer's like trying to plan how they're going to get out here without being eaten and the deer just 
goes to one side. The alligator climbs up there. The deer takes off, runs, jumps in, trying to swim. The alligator sprints after. Alligator about to catch him. And then a hippo comes out of nowhere and chops down and takes down the alligator. That's essentially what women's women's water polo is in front of the net. These girls are just like dunking each other under. It looks like it's two two seven-year-olds. It's it's ruthless. Yeah. Dunking each other, kicking, scratching, clawing. It is intense. And to be honest, it's a ton of fun. So I'm a huge proponent of women's and men's, for that matter, water polo. Um, The Olympics is just a great time to watch random sports that we don't get to see. U.S.A. 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 That was perfectly synced up over Zoom. And that's where we'll leave it this week. Thanks for tuning in to the Mini Market Podcast presented by Tellum Sports. Check us out on Twitter at Tellum Sports and online at TellumSports.com. We'll see you next week. Peace. Bye. I'll never get those 20 minutes back in my life.